0: Hello there. It's time for Most Things Kenobi. Shouldn't it be All Things Kenobi? Hmm.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Lauren. And I'm your host, Leanne
2: and i'm jenny yay <laughs> yay i'm your special guest host. guest 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 host i don't know yes absolutely
1: <laughs> yes we have a really special episode today we have a guest our first official guest
0: <laughs> this is our first interview and somehow we've managed to do this successfully so far yes <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, all the way. But we have
1: Jenny with us today from Jenny Marie Studios. She's an amazing artist on Instagram. And do you have a profile anywhere else? Or are you mostly just on Instagram? I'm
2: pretty much just, yeah, Instagram Jenny Marie Studio. And I, I sell things currently through my etsy which is the same jenny marie studio i haven't quite um made it over to twitter or i have a a couple little tiktoks (laughs) here and there i'm working my way up to that but (laughs) i just like to post pretty pictures
0: (laughs) pretty pictures of your very pretty art you have amazing art yes We've said it a thousand times, but it needs to be said another thousand because your your stuff is amazing. I don't know how you do I don't understand artists because I'm not one and I don't know what it's like to have that kind of talent, but you translate some of the Star Wars scenes and other scenes from different fandoms, if you will. So wonderfully on such a small canvas, you know, like a, such a, I don't know how it's amazing. It's truly amazing. Well, thank
2: you. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I fell into it, but I just, yeah, I just love it. I, it's. I've been a Star Wars fan since I was 12, 13 years old. So, this is like, I never in a million years would have be- believed that I would be able to do this and be able to actually sell them and make these as a grown ass adult.
0: So, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love it. Well, it's the perfect segue because you've been working on, I. A- padme collection recently and today we wanted to do like an all padme episode where we do a round table about it because you and leanne and i all have very similar experiences coming to love padme because we didn't really start with loving her and it has grown over time especially mostly i think for me clone wars but i i think for you too leanne and is that where you started loving padme too jenny
2: yeah i would say clone wars for sure, when we just, you know, and and it's funny because yeah, you watch Clone Wars, and then you go back and watch Phantom Menace, and I'm like, I get those parts of her personality, and I and I appreciate them more in the actual movies. But yeah, when when I first saw them, I had zero attachment to that character. Yeah. So I think it was Clone Wars yeah. really fleshed it out and you know and, and that's just the beauty of a show like having the time to do that and um mm-hmm. she was able to get some justice I feel like
0: yeah. yeah i i think the problem yeah. is is that she's an excellent character with excellent qualities and i don't think that her full potential was ever really brought out in the first three film first three um Episode one, two, and three, mm-hmm. um, and then we really got to see more depth to her. I, I didn't mind her so much in uh, *Revenge of the Sith*. I-, I liked her the most there.
2: Oh, interesting.
0: But I, 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 uh, I don't even want to get into *Attack of the Clones*. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> And, like, Anakin's, like, in my, maybe my favorite character my top three, at least. He's right up there with Luke. I just have never really have been partial to Padme. I've read some fanfics that made me like her even more. Because there's more depth to her that we get more depth in the Clone Wars and in stories that people have written. And, I mean, you're reading the novel right now, right? The, what's it? what's it called? Yeah. Queen's Peril.
2: Yeah. I got the audio book got the hardcover book of the Queen's Shadow, but then I decided to do Queen's Peril first, which I guess is a prequel comes the events come before it. And it's actually centered Mm -hmm. right around the events of the Phantom Menace, which is interesting because it kind of gives you like more behind the scenes of that movie I mean it literally takes place in the same time period mm-hmm. I'm on I've, I've got a couple chapters so I haven't quite finished it yet yeah I'm really loving I, I think I realized I was actually trying to think about this like why why I mean I know that Padme started initially growing on me you know and I've said this before it's just recently having made friends who were part of the prequels area and like that's their trilogy the way the original trilogy was ours and just like one of the first commissions I did for a candle holder was a votive of Queen Amidala. And I remember when my friend asked me, she was almost like, I know you might not be excited about this, but could you be like, she was kind of like, could you maybe, you know, and I was like, okay, at least you didn't ask me to do Jar Jar, but that's, <laughs> Queen Amidala. Okay. But honestly, like just, Listening, that's where it started for me is because I just I just, I didn't really think about Padme ever. I, I'd been I'd made my peace with the prequels. I'm fine with them, but I mm-hmm. really like I was like, no, she, okay, she's cool. I don't diss, I don't hate her. But yeah, when I met friends that would talk about her and what an inspiration she was to them at a young age and how influential that kind of character was. And again, I didn't really understand it at first, but it it softened me to like, OK, well, I want to explore this. I want to understand. But my love of her has grown genuinely. Like now I genuinely I'm not a fan of her just because I have friends that like her. And I'm like, OK, no, now I she is genuinely like I just ordered some artwork for my apartment of her. She's made it onto the walls <laughs> with Princess Leia and some of my favorite <laughs> characters of all time. Um, and I think the reason for that is the time we're living in, like Padme, and you get a lot, again, a lot more of this in the books and like her inner monologue and in the Clone Wars, she's just the type of politician, the type of person I feel like I'm just dying for in real life with, with mm-hmm. the state of the world with the craziness of our political system, I'm just her integrity and mm-hmm. her just genuine passion and belief in the effectiveness of democracy, and the, if anything, I mean, I've read things about her. Like she, she actually came closer to kind of foiling Palpatine than any Me? of the Jedi did. And mm-hmm, she, like he, he, almost several times he had to quickly move around to kind of get ahead of her. And I, we just. I never got that from her. You know, I mm-hmm. think you never would have really gotten you know, all this development earlier on. So
0: I think, yeah, I think it's just the timeliness of her characters just she's really endeared her to me. Well, it's interesting you bring up the Palpatine. It goes right in line with what we were saying in our last episode about how he had to get rid of her. And that's why we, Lauren and I think, he drained her of her life force to get rid of her. She was a problem since the beginning. When they're from the same planet, they're from the same atmosphere, if you will. Um, Not Mm -hmm. actual oxygen atmosphere, but like political, uh, senatorial atmosphere, if you will. And Yeah, she was a thorn in his side since day one. And not only that, he he eventually twisted how he could use her to basically get Anakin more on his side. The whole thing's just a shame. Uh, It's terrible because she was a young and brilliant woman. Like, he underestimated
2: her, but then I think he kind of came... Because, I mean, it's Palpatine. I mean, he in all of Star Wars, he is the master chess player at the end of the day. Absolutely. And, yeah, like, when you guys, you know, your last podcast about that, you know, dying of a broken heart, I mean... Palpatine being involved is the only way
0: I can make peace with that whole... Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense that someone of that resiliency... Dying of a broken just... heart. Just Right when her kids need her the most. It would be one thing if she died and then the kids, like they somehow rescued the kids from her body. I mean, if she had passed as, you know, but she was present and cognizant as she was birthing the children. I don't think she would have gave up on them for one second. It just doesn't fall in line with what we know about her character whatsoever yeah
2: oh she's losing the will to live and we don't know why i mean like i could understand even if again in a totally different universe where she wasn't pregnant wasn't carrying twins like maybe anakin dying okay she loses the will to live but yeah it doesn't make sense with him leaving but she's bringing life into this world and like that Mm -hmm. I don't know again at the end of the day it was George Lucas needed this plot device to happen and so he focused on a certain part of that and one of the I like ranted on Lauren's uh Instagram messages (laughs) about for 20 minutes after I listened to your last podcast but I think Lucas just he wanted that I think he was so myopic wanting that which arguably is a great juxtaposition Vader rising and Padme falling Mm -hmm. you know and yeah an emperor telling him you know well you killed and using that to further manipulate Anakin and kind of put the Mm -hmm. the nail in the coffin so to speak um and I get that it's just but George Lucas again it was I hate using lazy and George Lucas in the same sentence. He is not lazy, but it was a little bit of lazy story writing. Like, I think he just, and again, to be fair, it is Anakin's stories about Darth Vader, but still, man, like the yeah. mother of Luke and Leia, like Padme is an important <laughs> freaking character. She deserved more than. A, hey, uh, she's the uh, losing the will to live. I don't know. I, it's almost like literally, like I, I don't know. She's she's dying. I, you guys just figure it out. I don't know. She just have to... <laughs> like that's how I imagine <laughs> George Lucas. Like I just okay, yeah, no, no. We need to get the shot. Work on the special effects. I don't know. She just has to die. Make it work. Make it happen. Uh, I don't know.
0: You guys figure it out.
2: <laughs> Broken heart. I don't know. Broken heart. Sure. She just needs to go. Like. <laughs>
0: Well, we're still we're still working on Wikipedia. The people at Wikipedia to change that. (laughs) It's it's the platform I'll die on. I swear to God. Um, (laughs) I've been in talks with them. Yeah. Um, (laughs) they're in my. Sign a petition. (laughs) Well, they slid they slid on into the DMs on Twitter. So I've been in touch with them, literally. So we'll see. But. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Nah, they're good folks. They just have a typo in there. She didn't die of a broken heart. She died of Palpatine. (laughs) Syndrome, but (laughs) it's a typo.
2: We have enough, right? That, like, I don't know. I'm not a Star Wars like lore expert. There's so much these days.
0: I can't keep up with. No
2: one person can keep up with all of it, I guess. But, um, but isn't there? There's some. I mean, there's support of evidence, right? I mean, I think mm-hmm. there's comic story like something that said like that Palpatine was doing, right, had something was actually like drawing her light, or is that all just headcanon? I can't remember what you guys said last time or
1: I think it's officially just headcanon at this point yeah. because yeah, the official explanation is that she really did die of a broken heart, which is just so fucking enraging. But we also ran polls. We ran a poll on Instagram and on Twitter, and they were split fifty-fifty. People are like it, it was so close in each poll, the people kind of like, half the people think she did died of a broken heart and a half think she didn't. I was disappointed.
0: <laughs> I, I do wonder if some of it is, is it because they don't like the characters so they automatically think? Because I'm rooting for her.
1: Or maybe just because it's technically actually how she died. That's, yeah. like According to the official statement, that is how she died. Yeah, I, don't, I just feel really disappointed because there were there are so many other ways to maneuver Padme into an untimely sad death it felt like they just smashed it in there at the end and like she and Anakin were never in the movies I'll say because in Clone Wars it's a little different but in the movies she and Anakin are never that parallel on their plots they're they're always kind of diverging from each other so to suddenly have him diverge again to the point where it breaks her heart and she dies of a broken heart they didn't establish enough of a downfall they literally didn't split their views far enough By the end of Revenge of the Sith, just that one scene where she says, you're going down a path I can't follow. That was enough to, like, make her give up the will to live, apparently. Which is, like, so enraging to me because your life shouldn't matter because you're with a partner. Bingo. (laughs) Your life matters because you matter, not because Anakin loves you, you know, like. Yes. So that plotline It's very typical in romantic relationships in film, but it's not a healthy relationship. So yeah, that the, uh, the whole thing about Padme, just she wasn't done right. I feel like all of Revenge of the Sith, I like her. I feel like Natalie Portman's performance is really good in it, but also I feel like they just made her like barefoot and pregnant wife back at the house, you know, instead of being the like senator who's always an orator on the floor of the Senate fighting for democracy yes well that's like so
2: as you're saying that like i was thinking in my head i'm like so her love for anakin is a strong defining thing of her character and i i've you know i've read some interesting i also have had trouble making peace with that relationship because again through my eyes i see it as abusive kind of like anakin is is unbalanced and i I mean even in even in clone wars the series i mean the Mm -hmm. scene with um oh my gosh what's his name where he has that jealous outrage of um I'm blanking on the guy's name but oh
1: Rush Clovis
2: yeah Clovis. Yes. that kind of thing I mean it's
1: like
0: that's insane
2: <laughs> <laughs> and like an abusive really I mean that's scary and there's another scene I remember being so pissed at in Clone Wars actually where it, I think it's around the same storyline or something where she's saying how she's got like a senate voting to go to or something and he makes some comment or that's like literally essentially boils down to oh so that's more important than me you love that more than me and I just wanted to freaking throw my remote at the tv screen but yes. again like that is anakin is a villain he is an anti-hero a villain, not okay i should be careful here dark he, you know he's becoming darth vader it, it the point is he's he's allowed to for the story and is supposed to have these like dark moments um okay anyways i'm getting add here but <laughs> i gotta focus myself <laughs> back on one um but so so yes, her love for Anakin is important, finding devastating to lose him to the dark side. And at the same time, though, her other primary love passion in life is democracy, is mm-hmm. this so I could almost see a way where if they had developed a little more where she's actually viewing or seeing you know, the Republic fall that even that it was both those things together, literally seeing democracy crumble, the thing that she cared about and loved most, and losing Anakin at the same time. And kind of just having maybe that be too much. Again, I still don't really buy it because I just still think the core of her character is hope is hope, yes. is positive. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I would see she'd be like, all right, I've got my twins. Let's start building the rebellion. Like I could see her being the one that formed the rebellion. And like, you know, yes.
0: literally bail took up that flag for her yeah. because she died. She would have been the one to do that with bail at her side because he stuck by her since day one, basically. And, mm-hmm. and there then after, you know, sh- she died to raise her daughter, but she yeah. Leia has so much of her in her. And, and Luke too, let's not short stick Luke on the amount of Padme in him. They, they've got equal qualities of both. But like you were saying that and it, it made me realize why I had such a problem with Padme in the beginning. And it's because in the, like, we'll say when she was first introduced, she was an, she was an instrument to further Anakin's character. And I don't like any character that's used... Just to bolster another or forward the story of another. She deserves to be her own woman because she is. And then the Clone Wars kind of built that a little bit more. Gave her more of a, her own voice and her own passions. And things that weren't so connected to Anakin. But of course they, they are forever linked. But I've, I have never liked their relationship. Yeah. I, I, I The reason I like Anakin as a character is because he's the most, we'll say, multi-level, multi-layered, difficult to understand, but interesting because of it character. He's got so many issues good guy turn bad guy turn good guy is my favorite is my favorite formula but he's got so many problems that it makes his progression interesting and unfortunately padme never had that she was just used to like show that anakin was this or show that anakin had these kind of issues you know anger issues mm-hmm. impulsivity you know, impassioned emotions and quick to anger, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah I,
2: he, I mean, Anakin's another one that where the clone, because I actually, I didn't like Anakin at all, like when I first saw the prequels, but the Clone Wars really, I was like, okay, now, now I, now I get, like, I appreciated mm-hmm. Anakin a lot more with the development he got. And I started to totally. like him more. Like, he had, in the prequels, yeah. I just didn't like him. And again, I know he's supposed to turn into Darth Vader, but I still felt like, but you're, I'm still supposed to feel differently about this character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I just love Darth Vader because I've always felt he was misunderstood. <laughs> Not defending him or excusing him, (laughs) but there's a psychological aspect there that I thought was not being picked up on as heavily as it needed to be. Not excusing, not defending, just psychoanalyzing.
1: (laughs) You're you're our resident Darth Vader apologist.
0: I I am. It is what it is. (laughs) Because I was thinking about Padme and Ahsoka and like it's she's the daughter that Padme and Anakin kind of raised together, if you will, because Padme had such a different influence on Ahsoka than Anakin did, but you get to see their parenting styles or what would have been their parenting styles with Ahsoka, and Mm -hmm. you can tell Padme loved her, too. Loved her and respected her, you know, more than just as a Jedi. (sighs)
2: Yeah. And I mean, that, that's another quality in Pad. So one of the things I'm loving about Queen's Peril, which I've heard kind of mixed things about people mm-hmm. have mixed feelings about the books. I've, I've heard some like Padme fans kind of want other authors to really take her on and are, we're kind of, but I don't know for my intents, again, just as like a character study. I love this book because um, again, you're getting to know Padme just as she was elected. She's 16 years old. Like she's a teenager <clears throat> and Learning about, I mean, the way they kind of collect the handmaidens kind of reminds me of like Nick Fury getting the Avengers together. Like,
0: oh, is that so?
2: It's awesome. I'm loving
0: it. I'm gonna have to read this book.
2: <laughs> I'm doing the audiobook and it's it's the audiobook is um narrated by the, the woman that does her voice in the Clone Wars.
0: Oh my god, even better. Who's fantastic at bringing Padme to life in a different manner, yeah, I would say. Oh,
2: I forget that it's not Natalie Portman when I'm listening to her. Like she really she's got it yeah. down.
0: It's Kat Tabor,
1: I think.
2: Yeah. And the way though this book, uh, so again, like, so many things, like, when I first saw The Phantom Menace that I just didn't appreciate about Padme, again, I, I just, well, I saw all the characters as being just very cardboard, like, why yes. are they all talking like this? Like, there's mm-hmm. no blah, blah, blah. But, mm-hmm. again, where this, like, other materials kind of fix this is, you know, then learning about how the handmaidens are selected together and how they have to find, you know, kind of an official royal voice so that they can switch out with each other and not be discovered. And and they really like, so again, Captain Panaka goes and kind of collects them like the Avengers. Like one of them is really good with clothing and fabric and design. One of them's really good at communications, technology. One of them's really good at, they all have these different qualities. Hmm. I like the way that E.K. Johnson has written them. Like, so they're all these like super smart, clever, capable young girls. They are girls, 16 Mm -hmm. years old. Again, they're smart clever like they're kind of defying those stereotypes but at the same time she does write in the drama them kind of not getting along with each other kind of having like little spats and stuff but you just really get such a heartwarming view of Padme and the way that she you know listens and she's like she doesn't have an ego about her because again for her being a leader being being queen like this is something she believes in it's not a title she's not looking for glory she's not looking to kind of I don't know and so the way that She kind of navigates this and creates this relationship with these five handmaidens. They almost turn into this like organism, like they're one creature. And it also kind of reminds me of like an animal I don't describe it like an animal, but like in the wild, how an animal might have like camouflage to kind of make itself look bigger. So the clothing and the outfits, which when I saw the movies, I saw is like, okay, well, of course they give the female character the pretty outfits, and that's all we're going to talk about. But in these books, you learn like the work that goes into the costumes, the purpose of them, how they make her appear larger than life distracting the way that because of all the makeup the costumes they can switch out with these other five women and no one ever knows who how many there are where they are it's a disguise and all these ways to kind of make up for what a 16 year old girl might lack in stature or respect you know how they're able through cleverness and ingenuity to wrap around that and then just the unusualness again you know we live in a patriarchy and but but seeing this matriarchy run I don't know it's just Mm -hmm. really wonderful I'm really enjoying it
0: I, I was just gonna bring up how you I think you and I have talked about the handmaidens in the Darth Vader comic number four of how Vader goes back I think it's sometime after Empire Strikes Back, maybe, or it's before Empire Strikes Back. I can't remember. But he goes back to Padme's grave and the handmaidens are there and will not, they confront him and say, we will not let you desecrate this grave. You have to get out of here. We know, like, you're a part of her death. You need to get out of here. Like, it's this whole scene in the comics, which I totally and utterly respect. The handmaidens stayed true to her even after death like they were devoted to her and stayed near her grave as a protection force almost or they caught wind and went there i can't remember the exact details but the fact that they even did that was Mm -hmm. is totally respectable
2: that's a kind of loyalty that again comes from not just this is their job and like this is my king or my queen like that's a loyalty of like a deep respect for her and understanding of her and like in the books I just feel like it does a, a pretty good job of showing that you know of showing why why they they become so loyal to her it's just really interesting and again something like I didn't I didn't even understand what the handmaids were when I first saw the movies
1: mm-hmm. it makes me wonder if George Lucas intended that from the very beginning or not because he's terrible terrible at writing women <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> to think that he had that much foresight yeah it's like love you george <laughs> I, honestly who doesn't love him because without him none of this would even exist but like i think ek johnson seems is it johnson or johnston
0: i think it's johnson i i have the book right here hang on <laughs> i would say george lucas to give it he's good at setting up awesome female
2: characters oh. like leia is amazing Padme is amazing. He's just maybe not good at like really seeing them through or keeping up. He They always kind of tend to just blah, 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 like trickle out because his focus is not yeah. them. And, but he's good at setting up a good, strong character.
0: It's Johnston. It is Johnston. <laughs> I have the Ahsoka book. That's why I just went to reference oh, nice. it. So
1: Yeah, well, I would definitely see her as being more capable of developing this kind of network of these handmaidens I love what you're describing. Like I love the idea of them being able to swap out and they're kind of like this Amazonian guard that would give their life for her, which they have. They some of them have died protecting her. First of all, to be a young girl or a teenager seeing these possibilities, you know, in stories that maybe they didn't have representation in sci-fi. You know, usually women are like a sex pot in sci-fi. Mm-hmm. They're basically mm-hmm. there to, like, wear bikinis and have their boobs pop out and be, like, a temptation, which is what I didn't like about Anakin and Padme's relationship in Attack of the Clones, and particularly, in particular. In particular, because she's dressed like a temptress and she's treated like a temptress and she keeps saying no and Anakin keeps looking at her like he wants to, like, devour her and it's creepy. To have it turn and, like, have somebody, like, <laughs> a woman develop the handmaidens and Padme with a more realistic approach and make them more than just a mouthpiece or a sex piece it's like it's so nice to see that and to have that available to young girls now but also my other point is like who of you at 16 would have been a queen
0: (laughs) I'd have been terrible at 16 Uh -uh. I didn't know what the
1: fuck I was doing when I was 16. (laughs)
0: Dude,
2: I have diarrhea issues of when I was 16. I have no one wants me leading a
0: country. <laughs> I, I I have never been able to control my mouth, and you have to be able to control a lot more than just your mouth. You have to have poise and composure. At, yeah. In that role, and she had it at 16. Get out of here. Yeah, that's not me. That's respectable they
2: talk about that too about how she so essentially like by becoming queen like i mean even changing her name like padme is gone padme is no more padme is now an anonymous character and she talks about that like one of the most important things is learning control controlling her emotions and having to learn to be stoic and kind of just when she's in public and then there's Mm -hmm. she can let her hair down then when she's and that's what's so special about the handmaidens is the handmaidens get to see both sides like herself and her kind of political face i would say like i've made a piece with attack of the clones i genuinely love a lot of attack of the clones it still creeps me out i just can't Hmm. help it like the scene by the lake like the way he looks at her and touches her shoulder it, it it just makes me uncomfortable oh, that
0: dress is it's a beautiful gown the colors i mean the dress is yeah. the hair piece the the gold piece in her hair the way it's done i mean absolutely beautiful but damn that back yeah. <laughs> like the black dress like and the black dress with the bdsm notions to it yes which is
1: probably like one of my favorite dresses of hers. It's so beautiful, but at the same yeah. time, it's so like that scene is so uncomfortable. It's so yeah. she keeps saying no and he keeps hearing yes and it really, really bothers
0: It's me. really unnerving. Yeah.
1: It's and a it's unnerving. weird
2: and I don't know if maybe other authors like again, maybe EK writes about this more in the rest of the books, but learning how intentional her outfits are there's so much thought that goes into every piece of everything she wears then so then it makes me think again like what is the purpose of these dresses and again goes back to making you think it's just at the end of the day it's just george lucas the focus is Mm -hmm. anakin here's a beautiful woman shows some more skin because it's showing anakin lusting everybody but the piece i've made with like and again i personally will never i don't I, i i don't love that attack of the clones romance i sometimes i love watching the movie but i will literally kind of have to zone out when they're talking to each other and (laughs) saying truly they love each other um it's just what i have to do for my own mental health and we all need to make those decisions you know yes yes (laughs)
1: yes
2: (laughs) but i have read some interesting you know by a lot of the instagram accounts that i follow and stuff you know someone i'm blanking on who posted it just something about like look at the end of the day it was written across the stars like this was a destined Anakin and Padme the force declared it because Luke and Leia needed to happen and the balance needed to happen and look you know what I can be okay with that and then just say okay well she's this strong awesome character and look I consider myself a strong person I've still been in some really shitty relationships that all my friends were like what why are you why and it's like look it happens and you know, chemistry is tough. I, I don't get it. And the other thing that's given me some peace about is Anakin is, he's creepy and awkward, but you know, he, again, with his upbringing on the <laughs> desert, being a slave and then joining the <laughs> Jedi order, he hasn't talked to a lot of women. Granted, no. Obi-Wan doesn't seem to have a problem being super smooth and Anakin is just awkward around women and he loves Padme and it is, it's just I don't know, it'll always be a little uncomfortable for me, but I can I can be okay and understand that they're well, he, destined in the stars because Luke and Lay- and all of this just had to happen. Yes. And
0: it, yeah. He's that awkward little boy who had a crush on the older girl and that never really went away. You know, it just... Yeah. A lot of his affection ended up turning into anger and defensiveness, you know, especially with the Clovis arcs. Yeah.
1: Well, be, it turned into possession. Yes. Yeah. And
0: that that's where i mean that was essentially the rule i mean that was the lesson in the jedi code right you can't possess anyone you can't i mean that's a lesson for all of us really you can't make anyone do anything whether you love them or not they are their own person and he never got that
1: yeah
0: mm-hmm. oh it's it just steeped in loss he was so afraid of losing you know and so i i get the motivation behind it but it comes off as real awkward and creepy like you said <laughs> <laughs> in the writing, you know, of of it all.
2: Well, like, I just wanted, like, that was the one thing, again, going back to this, one episode of Clone Wars that I just I hated this scene when she was again talking about like I can't remember the exact date but somewhere important like again it was a senate meeting something and him being so dismissive like oh yeah that's more important than me because one of the, one of the things I liked in Attack of the Clones besides there's trappy shmoosh blah 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 is the the like when they're kind of bantering with each other like when he's like I've given up on you know trying to tell you or like oh like you know and, or Obi-Wan being like Padme looks like she's on top of things like that's like when Anakin makes those little jokes about her but in a really that that to me was, is the few times in the movies where i like them together because it feels like anakin loving something that is truly her like recognizing her strength and her passion for this and like all right like i've given up trying to like kind of not a submit but just like appreciating something that's real about her and that makes me believe okay that the love is genuine which again yeah. going back to that episode clone wars is like him well, you like that more than me is that's the opposite of that not appreciating what is the essence of her and what you know he should love about her i guess
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's why i kind of love that episode with clovis the first one because they start the episode with Anakin acting like his his duty is more important than their relationship and she feels like a little affronted by that and then when she does the same thing he's enraged and so she was just giving him a taste of his own medicine and like you could see that the equity in their relationship is never fully there it's always like sliding back and forth like a pendulum one feels powerful the other one doesn't it's just kind of like i don't know how they ever felt safe in their relationship together honestly because on top of on top of their own like certain incompatibilities like his tendency towards dictatorship and her love of democracy (laughs) yeah like (laughs) There was always that secret, you know, they were starting their relationship on a lie, kind of, where they couldn't Mm -hmm. tell people that they loved each other. That's always such a precarious place to start, and it never goes anywhere good. Yeah. Uh,
2: Well, although, like, I... And now I can't remember if I read some, I think I, some commenter mentioned this though, that, which again, it, you get more of this in the the books, that having that secret relationship with Anakin, because she has to split herself with these two, and she's used to doing that, It like, it felt like something that she got to keep for her, like, Anakin's really yeah. like, made it special because of mm-hmm. that, which... I was like,
1: mm-hmm. okay, like I kind of. Yeah, I like that. That's that's actually, I, I don't think it's like a bad scenario. I think it's like a very interesting, compelling like story because mm-hmm. forbidden love, it's, not, it's kind of forbidden love, but that's always very compelling. People always want what they can't have. And so mm-hmm. I think that's good storytelling. It's just that like by the end of Revenge of the Sith, where they're kind of, you were saying too, which I thought was so smart, that Leia kind of ended up in this similar situation in Return of the Jedi, where they've been building her up over these episodes where she's this strong leader. And then in Return of the Jedi, she's in the gold bikini in a chain and like kind of doesn't do very much in the whole episode. Well, I mean, she killed Jabba. Which is fucking awesome. In her gold underwear, but... Yeah, I mean,
0: that's a feat right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah! But it was an interesting parallel you, you pointed out there.
0: I, I would like to say that Leia, it it makes you appreciate Han a little bit because he... There was no doubt that he understood who Leia was, didn't make her anything other than what she was never once asked anything of her that you know he knew his place and he knew hers and respected her i mean he chided her a little yo princess you know but it was yeah, it was always teased her mercilessly yes but i mean it <laughs> yeah. was never out of disrespect i mean it, no, it, was, it was mutual yeah yes and so like he always understood his place with leia and that her devotion to the cause would always come first and and you get that in a couple books written about Leia uh Leia-centric anyway and and that really makes me appreciate although her and Han didn't work out in canon I I do appreciate their relationship because it was it was more mature in that respect I think yeah
2: yeah Yeah, let 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 them be who they are and Yeah. yeah that was like and that's I guess going back to like what I was saying like George Lucas seems he knows how to write like set up a great female character like both leia and pad i mean leia especially for the 1970s i mean she Mm -hmm. was was incredible like i still i mean like a new hope leia is still my favorite somebody get this walking carpet out of my way
0: like there's nothing better (laughs) it's the reason why i love star wars is because when as a kid when i first saw it she was just like i have never seen a character like this i immediately love her you know like so i can i can kind of get where the Like you said, Jenny, the prequels are their original trilogy, like to that crew, that they view Padme in the same respect that I view or that we view Leia. She was our first exposure to something of a character of that caliber
2: <laughs> and I thought that was so like beautiful you know, yeah when I heard women talking about the influencer of her at that age and it, it like it almost made me wish because I was 17 when Phantom Menace came out I was like I just I was just old enough where it just didn't I was a snarky teenager who loved the original it was too different but I almost mm-hmm. wish I think if I'd been maybe 12 11 going into my teens I'll bet I would have especially if Ben clone wars and the rest of, i'll bet padme would have become that for me but yeah he knows how to write them and both of them start out like now when i watch phantom menace even even with the phantom menace's writing issues and pacing and whatnot think <laughs> criticisms i still have i i even love her in that like her going to the gun guns and the way she mm-hmm. is so smart and again with her it's always talk it out democracy before war democracy before violence and Her recognizing that to win them over is they need respect and they have Mm -hmm. felt seeing, being able to perceptive enough to understand what the issue was coming forward saying, okay, this is a time where I need to be myself, not my handmaiden and orchestrating that. Treaty is huge. And her, yeah, like some of her, a lot of her little quips, you know, the way she kind of stands up to Qui Gon and is like, no, I'm coming. Like there's a lot, there's actually a lot in the Phantom Menace of her when I watch it now with all of the kind of context I have that I genuinely love about her. But again, it just, she kind of devolves a little, gets pushed to the side. And by Revenge of the Sith, like Lauren said, running around barefoot crying all the time. And mm-hmm. it's kind of the same in the original trilogies. And I hadn't really thought about that literally until I was listening to your podcast. And it was kind of the same. Leia starts out like really cool. You know, confident, quirky, and by Return of the Jedi, she's in a gold, half-naked bikini, locked up. She still gets her moments, but now when I think back in Return of the Jedi, and I Return of the Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie, love mm-hmm. every minute of it. But she does even in that one, kinda, she kind of gets pushed to the side a bit. And granted, fine, it's Luke's story; it's not hers. But I don't know. It's just kind of an interesting parallel between those kind of a pattern.
1: She kind of gets like replaced by Lando a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> oh, who I love. <laughs> I love Lando, but, like, once he comes in, he's, like, Han part two, and, like, Leia becomes the support character then.
2: Yeah, he takes over kind of, yeah, that's true, actually. He kind of takes over some of the kind of banter and quippiness. Like, Leia's there. We still see, you know, interesting moments, but... By that point too, she's wearing the the Ewok the dress and her hair's down, and she does become a little more of like the fragile princess. Where in like Empire Strikes Back, she's like, "Everybody out of the controls in her ion." Yes, <laughs> which yes. I love. Same. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you go there, and now she's like hold me you know and she gets a little (laughs) bit of that like yeah which again nothing wrong with showing feminine and strength like I also Mm -hmm. that's something I think I appreciate both these characters and Padme especially is Mm -hmm. we don't need every female character to be Black Widow this stoic the man the 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 guy's girl the I mean another like one of my favorite characters was Mara Jade like in from the Legends books, and Mara Jade and I still freaking love Mara Jade but she in my memory, it's been a long time since I've read the the Thrawn trilogy, Heir to the Empire and all that, but she was more of, like, that Black Widow, badass, stoic, k- mysterious, like, badass. And I gravitated to, to, towards those characters, I think, because I, you know, a lot of us were raised to see femininity equals weakness. Femininity equals yeah. lack of strength. And to have a character mm-hmm. like Padme and have these characters that we're getting more of now, you know, more representation where like wonder woman or something Like it's okay to show both compassion Mm -hmm. to cry like what I like about E.K. Johnston's book is there's a little bit of teenage girl drama which is fine I no longer need to see that as like a bad negative because I've been conditioned oh that's bad I don't like or like the same way the criticism that Ahsoka got when she first came out oh she's yeah This she's
0: a annoying teenager it's like that's realistic they gotta start from somewhere and as a teenager I think that's a fine place for them to start it we were all whiny Bitches. Yeah. yeah so like... Girls are annoying. Teenage boys are freaking annoying. And I don't mean bitch as a woman. I mean bitch as in like, we're all bitches, men and women. It's not a, not a gender specific <laughs> yes. term. We were all just whiny. How about that? Whiny like... bitches.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Jenny, you have a Padme drop coming. Is that true? Or are these Padmes you're working on commissions?
2: Yeah, no, this will be a drop. Um, And I finally, I, I'm really bad about drop dates because i I don't know i just always am insecure about being close enough to actually finish them but i decided i i'm gonna drop them january 26th
1: oh wow so that's soon
2: next wednesday yeah i i feel like they're in a good enough spot that i can get them finished in 10 days
0: it'll be the day after we release this podcast oh oh really perfect timing
2: (laughs) oh perfect Yeah, I just, I really wanted to do this as just like a kind of exploration and focus and celebration of her character. I also had heard from like quite a lot of Padme fans that there's just not a ton of Padme merch, Padme stuff out there. And I just wanted to celebrate her. So yeah, I'm doing a collection of, there'll be 10 10 votives, a couple of them featuring just her gowns, her, um, I'm doing kind of like an art hybrid kind of of her in like this like gilded frame kind of celebrating her and then a couple pieces with her and Anakin as well
0: how exciting
2: I'm working on my own website very slowly but surely like everything I do um <laughs> but this will be on my Etsy because I will not have my website done by it, so they'll
1: be dropping on it okay, okay. well we'll make awesome. sure to we'll put a link to you in our show notes so people can find your website uh, your Etsy, at least, and your Instagram.
2: Yeah, and, and Instagram's the best place. That's where I usually will post, like, countdowns. Like, I mean, people are interested in purchasing them. Um, I will, I post my countdowns and previews of things coming out and stuff like that all through Instagram. Um, and like I said, hopefully right. I'll have a website up soon.
1: Well, and I can speak from experience because I own several of your photos. They are fucking gorgeous. I highly recommend people check out your shop and buy stuff.
0: Yes, this was fun. <laughs> this was really fun. I love
2: it. I, I enjoyed this so much. So much. And it's just, it's so fun to talk with just such like minded fans. And
0: yeah, we'll have more of these kinds of episodes with you and others and maybe all of us together we've kind of tossed around the idea of having a giant round table on topics like all women so kind of fun to think about so thanks for thanks for being on with us
2: oh thank you so much for having me
0: cat down hear clarence did you hear him like (laughs) sorry So turning it over to all of you, we would love to know what is your favorite Padme moment or why do you love her or why do you not love her? If that's the case, we would love to know. So chime in on our social media.
1: Join us next week for an episode where we talk all about our savior. Yes.
0: (laughs) Our hero.
1: Our hero, James Arnold Taylor, the one and only voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi from Clone
0: Wars. And the man who so graciously recorded our intros for us, I mean, and shouted us out, which we will talk about next week. Yes, amazing.
1: Yes, he deserves he deserves our love and support. He's been so kind to us in particular, and we just want to dedicate an entire episode to him, so we will do that next week. Last week on the show, we reviewed two short stories from the collection A Certain Point of View from Empire Strikes Back, and we got this wonderful comment, EchoBase on Instagram, who is an AMAZING artist by the way, please go check them out, left us this awesome comment. I love, love, love There Is Always Another and have read and reread it so many times. It's such an in-depth look at Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship and the trauma and guilt he lives with. I couldn't agree more, EchoBase. I feel like Obi-Wan carries a lot of complex emotions and it's really interesting to finally see a story where he gives voice to that trauma. So for anyone who hasn't checked out, from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back, we highly recommend it, especially the short stories, There Is Always Another, and Disturbance. If anyone has any suggestions for other books or comics or video games or anything that you would like us to check out and review, please don't hesitate to let us know either on social media or you can always email us at mostthingskenobi at gmail.com.
0: Thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast. Remember to follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram, and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Plus, you can always find us over at mostthingskenobi.com.
1: So, until next time, my space twin, may the Force be with you.
0: Always.